up, everybody? It's Static Mike coming at you with the Nerd Candy Podcast. And I hope you're all having a great start to your week. It's a big Thanksgiving week. Um, so, you know, hope everybody's looking forward to some turkey, um, some Black Friday shopping. Um, and yeah, you know, so today I figured that I did touch upon in my first podcast um, some of the games that I was playing currently. So I thought that for episode two, we'll just go a little bit more in depth with some of those games. Uh, kind of talk about them, what I like about them, what I don't like about them. Um, so yeah, you know, I am a big PS4 fan, um, so I've been playing <laughs> PS4 games. And I guess the, the biggest one that sticks out, the one that I'm just completely obsessed with right now, is uh, Sword Art Online Hollow Realization. Uh, so that, I'm a huge Sword Art fan. Um, I love the anime, I love the past games, Hollow Fragment and Lost Song. Um, but Hollow Realization uh, kind of goes in in kind of a different direction uh, than the previous two. Um, so you're still you still have some wonky AI character that you know is a big mystery. Uh, in this game, her name is Premier, and uh, the setting is Sword Art Origins. Um, so essentially, they've taken the first game from the anime anyway. Uh, Sword Art Online, and uh, they basically, the developers of the game carbon copied it, uh, and then they removed the 100 floor tower. Um, so yeah, it's kind of gimmicky, um, takes you kind of back to Aincrad, but it's actually called Ground. Um, you know, with the absence of the giant floating tower, everything is on the ground now. Um, so you have like your different areas, your different raid bosses um, are all scattered across this uh, this world map now. And um, it's really, the graphics on the game are really good. Um, I think they're a big improvement, definitely over Hollow Fragment. Um, less cartoony than in, you know, Lost Song, but it really works well. I mean, you know, with the, the shaders, um, the god rays, I mean, it does make a really nice looking game. Some of the zones are just really, really beautiful. Um, but this game takes Kirito and his menagerie of female friends uh, to Ein Ground. And um, essentially, they are put there, and they're, they're just kind of starting up the game, um, seeing how far they can get. Kirito kind of has some mixed feelings, because it feels like he's back in Sword Art Online, where, you know, everybody died. Or not everybody, but, you know, a lot of people died in that game. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, they're in Ein Ground, and it's essentially, you know, what you're, what you're kind of used to. Um, you go from area to area, kill the boss, or the raid boss of the area... Um, you know, power up, get items, and um, it's really fun. So it's an enjoyable experience. I definitely um, was was shocked with you know how much I, I got into this game. Um, but yeah, it does have the offline mode, and there is an online mode as well. I've spent probably sixty hours tops uh, in the game, and thirty of those were online. Um, in the online, it's I feel it's kind of a step down from Lost Song uh, because in Lost Song you can actually take control of like your secondary characters. So if you wanted to play as like Leafa, for example, you could just switch over, play Leafa for a while. Um, but Hollow Realization actually takes you back um, to where you're just playing a single character. Uh, so you're playing your Kirito character. Um, there are a lot of customizing options at the beginning, so you can, you know, change your hairstyle, change your face, change your eyes, etc. Um, and it really boils down to, like, weapon skills. So you just have the one character and then whatever weapons you want to equip. Um, you know, each weapon has different skills that you can unlock. 
Um, I prefer one-handed swords, and if you go down that line, eventually you unlock dual wielding, which of course is is Kirito's, um, you know, known weapons, you know, with those two swords. But yeah, it's um, a lot of progression as far as that goes. So if you're really wanting to grind out all the weapons, it's going to take you a while. It does have that same grindy feel to it as in previous games. Um, so you'll definitely be grinding if you want to, and you unlock all the skills. Um, a couple things in the game, I mean, it's still kind of, you know, the action RPG slash dating sim. Um, one thing that they did in the game that I'm not really too fond of was you have to actually increase affection levels of your female and even male uh, counterparts uh, before you can give them like weapons or equipment. So, for example, um, to give Asuna a new weapon, uh, you have to increase her affection level to four. Uh, if you want to give her armor, you have to increase it to five. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, that extra relationship building um, kind of, you know, dating sim aspect to it if you really want to, you know, unlock the most for your characters and give them really cool stuff. Um, that's something, you know, I'm not too fond of. I think maybe they could have done something a little bit different with that, but it is what it is. Um, but in the core of the game, I mean, it's, you know, the same sword art online that you guys know and love. Um, definitely a lot of action. Um, I just completed the second raid boss, so, you know, I'm not too far in because I spent a lot of time online. Um, I decided to essentially just level my character up to 70, which is the cap right now, uh, and then go back and play offline mode. So kind of wanted to beef myself up a bit so that I can power through uh, some of the single player content. Um, but you know, you, you do have like the the things online that, that make it worth getting online. Like you have a chance to get better, you know, equipment. Um, you can, you know, go in and, and tackle raid bosses at different difficulties. Uh, so there, you know, is a lot of benefit to the online mode and kind of powering up. Um, but the the offline mode, I'm really enjoying it so far, and uh, I'm gonna hope to get through that at some point. Um, probably not going to go through all the skills, um, you know, with all the different weapons, because uh, really I only use one-handed swords and and dual wielding. Uh, maybe throw in a two-hander there to get some of those skills, but. Uh, yeah, really fun. Um, definitely check it out if you are an action RPG fan or if you're a Sword Art Online fan. Um, it's definitely something worth you know playing, uh, taking a look at. Uh, I think the price point is completely valid. You know, with the sixty dollars, um, it is a long game, uh, and you're not going to be done with it in a day or two. So you know, if you're looking for something to you know pass some time, uh, it's a pretty good game to pick up. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, really what I've been doing with Sword Art. Um, and then I've kind of, you know, jumped on the VR, the PlayStation VR bandwagon. Um, I got that when it first came out, and Robinson the Journey actually came out a few weeks ago. Um, and Robinson is, uh, it's a really beautiful game. Um, but essentially, you're a boy named Robin. Um, you were aboard a spaceship, it crashed onto this planet, uh, or you actually, it blew up and you, you escaped on an escape pod, um, on this planet where there are dinosaurs. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of the premise, you know, you get out of your escape pod, you've been there for a while, um, you set up a little farm, um, and you set up like some kind of defense fields and things like that. Um, 
the game, I mean, for the price point, it's a little bit lacking. So, you know, for the price point, you know, you're essentially paying for a full PlayStation 4 game. Um, but there's only really three or four areas to the game. So you have the starting area, you have your farm, uh, there's a jungle, and then there's tar pits. Um, and each little area has different dinosaurs that you can encounter. And the interaction is kind of limited at best. So, you know, you will have a chance to see like Velociraptors, you will see a Brontosaurus, you know, kind of a pterodactyl. Uh, and then you have your little uh, your little friend, Laika, which is a baby Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh, and so, you know, have Laika following you around and you just go around completing puzzles, um, you know, like setting up a, a generator field, for example, um, you know, getting the power set up so that you can activate your farming robot. Um, but it is a, a fun little adventure. Now, if you're a PlayStation VR owner, um, I wouldn't recommend going out and paying the full price. Uh, hopefully we're going to see that drop a little bit for Black Friday and moving forward since it is kind of limited. Um, I would say you have about two to three hours, you know, to fully complete the game from start to finish. Uh, just depending on uh, how quickly you can solve the, the few puzzles that are in the game. So, um, I think it was great. It's, you know, fun little experience it is kind of cookie cutter um, you're on a set path it's you're not really able to divert too much um, like you can change the order that you go to like the tar pit and the jungle and the farm um, but as for like exploration uh, you know since we're still kind of in the the beginning stages of VR um, it doesn't really give you that option but you know putting it on and just kind of even standing there looking around seeing the the pterodactyls flying through the sky um, and listening to some of the sounds, I mean, it's, it's just a beautiful game. So, you know, it's very fun. Um, if you have the money, go out and get it. Um, you'll have a great couple of hours on that. Um, if you're kind of waiting, you know, kind of saving your money and waiting to see if the price drops, uh, we'll see if that happens Black Friday, but I'm sure that the price will probably be going down on that pretty soon. Um, but yeah, that, that's Robinson in a nutshell. Um, fun little game if you're looking to, you know, check out some dinosaurs and you want to solve a couple puzzles. Um, and I guess next up would be World of Final Fantasy. Um, I picked this up a few weeks ago and um, it's a really fun Final Fantasy title. Um, the stylizing of it reminds me of Kingdom Hearts a lot. And um, the story essentially is um, there's a brother and a sister, Lon and Rain, um, and apparently they used to be uh, these Mirage Masters. Um, now, Mirages in World of Final Fantasy are the little monsters that you collect. So it's very Pokemon-esque um, in the fact that you collect these different Mirages. Um, and they it's, it's really neat how they did it. Um, so your characters... Have two forms so you can flip between your adult form or, or teenager form or whatever they are um, to chibi form and chibi you know turns into the little cute um, character stylization and it kind of shrinks you and the whole gimmick i guess of world of final fantasy is stacking in battle so you take your mirages you collect them and then you stack them so, in depending on, you know, if you're in your adult form, if you're in your chibi form, um, each mirage has a different size. So, you have small, medium, and large. Um, so, you stack accordingly. 
and um, it's a really fun little game because as you stack, you unlock um, you know different skills. You essentially power up your uh, you know lawn or rain, and you know give them different abilities. And it's it's really unique, and and I'm I'm liking it a lot. Um, but yeah, the storyline is I guess they used to be these Mirage Masters. They've lost some of their memories, and you know they're taking back to the Mirage world. And they're kind of slowly piecing together what had happened because um, apparently they were masters in this world and um, they forgot and they're kind of basically being reintroduced to people they've met before, mirages they've met before, um, and, and slowly regaining those memories. Uh, I'm about 20 hours in. Um, I did get seriously sidetracked instead of following the main story. Uh, I started going off and collecting as many mirages as I could. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, the mirages, it, it's kind of unique. Like in Pokemon, for example, um, you know, you knock the health down from the, the Pokemon. You throw your Pokeball, use a status effect or something, um, and, and you capture them. Now, in World of Final Fantasy, sometimes there are certain conditions that need to be met um, for example, like one of the mirages that I recently caught, you had to knock its HP down um, using fire. So if you use like a you know water spell, ice spell to knock the health down, it will not make the mirage uh, capturable. So you know you do use your Libra skill to kind of you know go in, check the stats, and check the conditions to see you know how you can capture each new mirage. And um, they get sometimes a little difficult. If you don't have a skill, then you have to go and level up another Mirage until you unlock the skill. Um, but it is really fun. So, you know, if you're into kind of old school Final Fantasy um, with the active time battle, I mean, it is definitely something worth checking out. Um, the Mirages, I, I do think it's kind of a unique approach. Um, you know, although, you know, Pokemon does it, of course, best. Uh, World of Final Fantasy, I mean, their attempt at this kind of monster collecting game um, is, is certainly really good because uh, the graphics are awesome. Um, like I said before, I mean, it reminds me a lot of Kingdom Hearts and, um, you know, the Mirages are classic Final Fantasy, you know, characters, um, you know, such as like the Tonberries, uh, you have your Behemoths. Um, and just, you know, a lot of the, the monsters that you've seen in past Final Fantasy games, um, yeah, you'll, you'll most likely encounter them in World of Final Fantasy. Uh, so, you know, if you're looking for like a classic feel or a nostalgic feel, I mean, it doesn't really have that. It does feel like a fresh new game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you're into collecting different types of Final Fantasy monsters and, and things like that and seeing some of your old friends in, um, you know, the summons... Like, for example, Tidus uh, is used in kind of a, a summoning way. You can summon Tidus, and he'll come in and, and you know, knock a blitz ball towards the enemies. Um, there's also a Sephiroth uh, little summon that you can do. Um, pretty cool to see a little chibi Sephiroth, you know, disappearing into the flames from Final Fantasy VII. So um, a lot of really fun moments in there. Um, but this, the storyline, it does go from very lighthearted, and then it gets deep, and then it goes back to lighthearted. So, you know, there are those more adult moments. So, you know, it's not just strictly for kids. It, it does have a storyline that um, I think anyway would capture, you know, a lot of interest from a lot of different age groups. Um, this one may be created to kind of get the newer generation involved in Final Fantasy. Um, but for, you know, 
Final Fantasy, you know, lovers from all ages. I mean, it's definitely a great game to have. Um, and on that note, I guess I will segue into Pokemon Sun and Moon. Um, so this one, I'm a huge Pokemon fan. I'm not afraid to admit it. Um, and Pokemon Sun and Moon, it does take a different approach to Pokemon, but um, I think the, the changes that were made are pretty awesome. Um, so, you know, some of the changes... I guess the biggest one is the um, omittance of gems. So no longer, you know, gems and badges are a thing of the past. Um, the setting is the Alola region, which are, you know, four different islands. It has a very Hawaiian feel to it. Um, and you're not, you're not focused on going out and defeating different gems, collecting different badges. So what they've done instead of collecting badges and defeating gems are they've set up these trials. Um, so, you know, you go to different areas and there's like a different trial. Um, for example, the first trial that you get to is, is this Pokemon cave, um, where you encounter totem Pokemon and, uh, you know, totem Pokemon, um, they are, you know, they can basically summon other Pokemon. So, you know, you have that cool little aspect, um, to it when you're in your trials. Uh, and then at the end of the trial, usually there's a, um, you know, a Lola region captain. Um, so, you know, the captains kind of like gem leaders, but you encounter them more often. So, you know, you could just be walking to another town and, you know, encounter a captain, um, you know, who you battle and then they tell you about their trial. Uh, and then, you know, you're just fighting trainers along the way, but it's not set up so that you're always going from, you know, point A to point B. So you're not always traveling from, one town to right to the gym leader. Uh, the the trials kind of mix it up a little bit, and um, I think they're a fun addition. Uh, you know, it gives you something different to do instead of you know I'll have to collect all seven badges and then I have to go to fight the elite four. Um, so it's a little bit different, uh, and and I think it's refreshing. Um, one other thing that I noticed about the game was right when you start, there appears to be a coherent storyline in Pokemon Sun and Moon. Um, the very first scene that you see has nothing to do with your character. Uh, it follows a completely different character. Um, and kind of, you're, you're seeing her as she's running away and fleeing other people. So the storyline, I think they really build upon, you know, some of the storyline aspects that they put in X and Y. And um, crafted a really nice story that you can actually follow. So it's not just about, I mean, of course it's, it's about battling and, and getting stronger, but... They've also put in a nice little storyline to the game that kind of helps move it along in a more natural progression. Um, so I thought that was pretty awesome too. Uh, with the storyline, you're constantly, you know, speaking with different characters that are part of the storyline, and um, it, it seems to be like a really good little little story that they've crafted here. Um, I'm like I said, I'm only about 20 hours in, so you know, I'm not that far. Uh, but, you know, I'm having a lot of fun with it, enjoying the story, um, enjoying all the different Pokemon, um, which there are new Alola region forms. Uh, so some of the previous Pokemon that you know from different games have essentially got a reskin for the Alola region. Um, for example, Meowth. Uh, everybody knows Meowth from the anime, uh, and he basically has a different color scheme in the Alola region, a little bit more gray or bluish. Um, in color, but, uh, you know, that, that's a common theme across all of the Alola region. You know, you see past Pokemon basically reskinned, um, different color schemes, 
um, and and you know there are actually some different forms uh, for some of your your favorite older Pokemon. Um, so that is kind of cool too to see them represented in kind of a different form, you know, a different light. Kind of kind of helps to freshen things up a bit. And let's see. One of the other things are the Z-moves. Um, now, Z-moves are like really ultra-powerful uh, moves that you can use once in battle. Um, you can basically learn them by collecting the Z-crystals, which you receive you know, at the end of, of Trials. Um, and you can actually hold about six of them at a time, so you have six crystals. Um, and you can only use it once in battle, like I said. You can only use one Z-move um, in battle, and um, you know, once per battle. And, um, you know, they're, they're really powerful attacks. So, you know, that's kind of fun to collect those, find out which Pokemon have Z-moves that you can use. And, um, you know, Nintendo's actually gone so far that they've created a little uh, peripheral toy, um, which is the Z-ring bracelet um, that your character has in-game. Um, and, you know, it's basically one unlocks the Z-moves. So as you complete your trials, you get the crystals, um, which unlocks the ability to use these ultra-powerful moves. Um, so the Z-moves are kind of cool. Um, I do like them. And um, kind of reminds me of, like, Mega Evolutions to an extent, where you could use, like, your Mega Evolution stone, um, you know, power up your Pokemon. Uh, but this is more of, like, a one-shot deal, so you can just use your one ultra-powerful attack in battle. But um, kind of a nice nice little aspect that was added. And um, one other cool thing that I really like is the fact that when you're looking at your move list and you're battling, uh, it'll tell you if it's effective, if it's super effective, if it's not effective. Um, so, you know, no more flipping to Cerebi.net. And, you know, looking up, like, the the different moves, <laughs> different move sets, you know, what's what's strong against what, and um, that's kind of cool. Uh, so you don't have to commit so much to memorization, and, uh, you know, it, it kind of makes things a little bit easier, makes the progression and battling a little bit easier. Um, I haven't taken it online yet, but I'm sure, you know, online battles will, it'll make that go a little bit more smooth as well. Um, so that was just kind of a cool little, little uh, feature that was added. And um, it does focus a lot on caring for your Pokemon. Uh, so, you know, it takes Pokemon Ami from previous games to, like, the next level. So, you know, you're constantly, you know, going in uh, after battle. You know, your, your Pokemon may need to be brushed. It may need to be cleaned off. Um, so it adds that kind of fun little, little feature there. And you can totally ignore it if you want. If you don't want to brush your Pokemon, you just want to make them dirty, um, you can leave your Charmander dirty or whatever. Um, but you know, that, that's kind of a neat little, little thing that they've thrown in there. Um, it makes it feel like it's more core gameplay to, you know, be focusing on caring for your Pokemon, uh, and kind of like that, that fun little Tamagotchi way. Um, but yeah, you know, I've heard a lot of folks say that they, they've really, um, made it too childish. I think it's, it's a good way to introduce, you know, newer kids to Pokemon, get them involved with it. Um, but hardcore fans, I mean, you know, people have been playing since, you know, Pokemon Blue, like myself, um, you know, it's, it still has a lot of great gameplay to offer, and um, you're still catching them all with, you know, 800 now. Um, that, that's kind of crazy, because back in my day, we only had 151. Um, so seeing that go from 151 to 800 is, is kind of insane. 
Um, but yeah, you know, I'm going to do my best, see what I can do, uh, see how many I can catch, uh, but I'm aiming for all 800. Um, but yeah, another, another thing about Pokemon Sun and Moon is there are more options to catch Pokemon at the beginning. And I'm pretty sure that stems from, you know, there being 800 Pokemon now. Um, so you go out to the tall grass um, once you get your Pokeballs and you get all set up. And there are actually a lot of different options uh, of Pokemon that show up. So you're no longer confined to just Rattata and Pidgey, um, you know, Pokemon like that. Of course, you'll, you'll certainly see them, um, but there'll be other Pokemon there. So it seems like there's more of a variety to catch um, just from the, the beginning alone. Um, so that's that's really cool there. And, um, oh, they, they've also added the option to ride Pokemon. So certain Pokemon that you encounter, um, you can teach them, or you can ride them. Um, so you can ride them around town, ride them on the different routes from one place to another. Um, so it was kind of neat to see that uh, introduced as well. Um, but yeah, Pokemon Sun and Moon, if you're a fan, if you're kind of on the fence about it, definitely go pick it up. Um, you'll have a lot of fun with it, like I said. It does offer a lot um, for, you know, experienced Pokemon players and also, you know, new Pokemon players alike. Uh, so I do believe they found a really nice common ground there for new and old players. Um, and, and it just works. Uh, I was really pleased with it. I was actually really on the fence about getting it, but, you know, I decided to go pick it up. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a great little game. Uh, having a hard time putting it down. <laughs> Uh, so that's about it. So I just wanted to talk today about, you know, some of the games I was playing, you know, what they're about, um, what I like about them, what I don't like about them. Um, but yeah, you know, I have a lot of great stuff coming up for the future. I'm going to be sitting down with uh, one of my friends and we're going to be talking about uh, some tabletop games, um, you know, and kind of how that works. Because um, this friend is, we played, you know, D&D &D for years uh, we ran a game uh, in my, my hometown, you know, when we were teenagers. Um, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, tabletop games. Um, I, I think we'll probably do that here in the next couple weeks. Um, but upcoming, you know, I'll probably do a Funko, um, a Funko podcast, talk about some of the Funkos I collect, um, what's on the horizon for Funko. And um, yeah, definitely, you know, a lot more gaming, um, certainly more nerd-related things. And, you know, I appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, if you want to hit me up, let, let me know what you think of this podcast. Um, you know, shoot me any questions. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, Twitter handle is at nerdswithcandy. Uh, so you just, you know, hit me up on Twitter. I'm also on Facebook, which is uh, facebook.com slash thenerdcandy. Um, so either or, you know, hit me up on Twitter, Facebook. Um, certainly let me know what you guys think. Um, let me know what you guys, you know, want me to review. Um, you know, I'd be more than happy to review any games um, or, or answer any questions you have. So um, definitely hit me up. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. You have a great rest of your week.